Welcome to the In Common Podcast. This is Hadley Post. This Insight episode comes from full episode 94 with Dan Brockington. Dan is a professor and director of the Sheffield Institute for International Development at the University of Sheffield. Michael and Stefan talk with Dan about his book, Fortress Conservation, the Preservation of the Umkamazi Game Reserve, Tanzania, specifically looking at the myths that help to sustain nature reserves and the positive and negative implications of fortress conservation. This is the In Common Podcast. You were talking about the language I, my brain wants to use is kind of representation versus reality. In the book, you also use the term myth and, and talk about how myths are important because of the influence they have over behavior and how we view the world and what we should do in it. And there's this myth of fortress conservation. And it does sound like, you know, the, the next question I wanted to ask you, and it sounds like we're, we're already kind of answering it is like, what do you, th- what is your view of what fortress conservation is? And it sounds, and, and there's, you know, the myth of fortress conservation and, and maybe the reality of fortress conservation. And it sounds like, you know, the myth of fortress conservation does include this narrative of degradation that needs to be avoided. And there's this idea that that degradation is human caused. And so that's what's leading to these, um, you know, local folks being kicked out. There's a preference for Western science as being the way in which we know about the degradation, which you also challenge in the book. Um, And then there's this element, which you just mentioned, which also applies to the community-based system. And that's something I want to try to unpack a bit is you know, what are the common denominators of your critique of fortress conservation and community-based management? Because I feel like there's some commonalities there. And one seems to be this, the the myth of, you know, you you quote James Ferguson, who I um, read last year, the the anti-politics machine based on his fieldwork in Lesotho, which I've I've really grown to uh, appreciate. And, you know, he's making this similar point that there's this narrative that we can have kind of purely technical apolitical solutions to our public problems. And then that also seems to be an important part of the myth of fortress conservation. Am I getting it right? And are there pieces of what you view as the myth of fortress conservation that we're missing? There's a lot of of sense in what you just said, um, Michael, but let let me um, uh, uh, suggest uh, some tweaks to the terminology, if I I may. So when I talk about myths, um, I'm not talking about ideas which are necessarily false. Um, When I talk about myths, it in fact makes sense to talk about true myths. Um, I get this from literary critics, from actually from C.S. Lewis, in fact, he talks about the Mm. the true myth. A myth is a a very powerful idea. Um, And... uh, they're so powerful that we, we, we call them myths they, they, because they, they stick around for a long time. That, that's why the, a, a myth is a, also a very old idea in some respect. It doesn't mean it's necessarily founded on falsehood or is, is com- completely untrue. When, um, it's something which resonates across the ages. Um, and I distinguish um, a, a myth in that sense from, from a, a narrative. When we talk about de- degradation narratives or, or development narratives, we're talking about um, stories which um, make sense and because of the different component parts which come together in order to present a, 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 a characterization of a problem 
um, the nature of the solution required and then the success of that solution as, as time unfolds. So, so the, the, the narrative um, which is mobilized, for example, to, um, in, 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 to, to, to support uh, fortress conservation will very often in, include um, various forms of, of degradation narrative that um, we are talking about, for example, fragile ecosystems, which are suffering from too many people present who do not know how to manage their resources, who are also um, um, bringing in uh, 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 exotic species like cattle or, or, or goats, which don't belong in that ecosystem or, or exotic species of, of, of cultivar um, and who are an alien presence and therefore causing various forms of, of degradation in the form of dramatic vegetation change, deforestation, soil erosion, siltation, flooding of rivers and all these things, um, similar things, which requires therefore a radical intervention to either um, remove the people or dramatically transform their um, livelihood practices or, and resource management practices or all of those things. Um, and um, as a result of this um, dramatic intervention, then um, the ecosystem recovers, people um, live uh, more prosperous lives, the potentially, potential for environmental conflict, environmentally driven conflict is reduced. And, and all these things then come together to make, to make sense into, into the sort of perfect story, the sort of thing that I learned to my under, undergraduate. So, so in that sense, fortress conservation is uh, one tool in the arsenal for dealing with um, particular environmental degradation narratives. Um, it then has added appeal because it um, taps into um, powerful um, myths of what Africa should look like, of how we can um, find, um, find ourselves, find peace, find hope and restore um, degraded, um, ruined parts of the planet back to their original form. Um, into their, it's almost an, an Edenic um, idea that, that this is um, somehow um, foundational to, to, to either our, our own identity or, our, or, or a particular vision for what Africa, if one can exclude the, the generalization, should be looking like. So um, Fortress Conservation is a book then, the book that I wrote, um, br brings in both, both the idea um, or uses both these very powerful ideas, these myths of, that, that, that provide um, visions and guides to, to our, our thinking and then subsequent behaviour, um, and explores how these are um, become are used in particular narratives which make sense in their own terms um, as to what the nature of the problem with regard to African envir sort of environmental degradation in Tanzania is, and how we should solve those problems through um, particular types of conservation. Um, the term fortress conservation has um, a specific meaning on the ground, um, meaning um, strict exclusion of people from um, places which are valuable for conservation purposes. Um, fortress conservation generally means the exclusion of those people from both living and using those resources. Um, and it's helpful to think of it in that way because um, in other forms of conservation, in the various forms of community-based natural resource management that, that, that I think you, you've done spent a lot of the time studying, um, 
people are allowed to use the resource, but resource is, is restricted. It is restricted. It's managed. It's 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 limited in various ways. So this certainly isn't a free for all, but that but 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 use is part of the of, of the system. In fortress conservation, that does not happen, and that's either um, enforced through um, fences, which is actually quite rare in, in many African contexts. It's, um, find it in South Africa mostly, or um, possibly some parts of Kenya. Um, but and but more 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 usually, it's it's um, through fines um, of people who are caught it, caught in the area, but also, and this is what um, people like Rosie and Duffy are writing about increasingly. Um, violence through um, shoot-to-kill policies, um, beatings and, 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 and other um, maltreatment of people who are caught inside um, protected areas. And sometimes this can extend, in fact, into buffer zones and border zones beyond those protected areas. Um, and the, but the point I was trying to, the argument I was trying to make in Fortress Conservation is that it's these um, the violence on the ground and the exclusion on the ground, um, which is what defines the fortress as a, a fortress, um, has to be understood as part of the, the broader system which supports it. Now, a lot of the time, and I think this was my mistake in writing the book, but I didn't realize how much of the time, a lot of the time you can explain pretty much all of the, the, the violence and the force um, through, under, through by, by looking at what the the national government is doing or, or the local state is doing. You don't need to turn to um, outside interference and the role of, of conservation and overseas-based conservation NGOs. Um, it's, it's, uh, this is, this is a, a something, with the, you can understand the, the politics of this by, by, by looking at what's going on in the, in the national state. Um, however, in, in some cases, and particularly some of the more high-profile cases, um, the wherewithal to uh, administer this violence and to keep the patrols going um, and to supply the, the, the rangers and everything else comes from overseas forms um, fundraising. Um, which is why um, the book you were holding up just now, Michael, the, the book Fortress Conservation, doesn't show the typical picture that you might expect of a, of, um, of a fortress. It doesn't show the barbed wire, it doesn't show the guns. Um, it shows um, a fundraiser. It shows people um, clinking uh, champagne glasses together, and one of them's wearing one of the people is wearing a, a top with African wildlife on it, um, because it's the fundraising which can sustain the fortresses. It wasn't, by the way, intended to be called fortress conservation when I wrote it. I wanted to call it saving an African wilderness because I like the, the the rhythm of that title. Um, but it was part of the African Issues series, and the publishers told me, James Curry said, um, we can't have two Africans on the front cover, the two, two uses of the word African on the front cover. Um, it has to be uh, something called something else. And I was suffering from a mild case of malaria right then. My computer had died. I was trying to revise the drafts of this book on the internet cafes in, in Dar es Salaam, and I was due back in postdoctoral fieldwork in the south of the country. In a few days' time, so I was thoroughly fed up and moody, and wasn't up and we didn't have decent phone connections in those days. Um, so I couldn't really discuss this with them, and so I said, "Look, I, I just wrote a, a, an unreasonably cross email saying 
I was fed up. I wanted to keep my title, but if you absolutely insist on calling it something else, then you might as well just call it Fortress Conservation or something, which is <laughs> the title that stuck. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. The In Common Podcast is a partner project of the International Association for the Study of the Commons and the International Journal of the Commons. To explore more episodes of the podcast, as well as our blog, visit our website at www.incommonpodcast.org. Here you will also find a list of the members of our recently expanded team, as well as a link to our Patreon page where you can make a small donation to help us cover our operating costs. You can also follow us on Twitter at InCommonPod. Thanks again.